Hello, everyone. Um, so my name is Randy Molina. I'm with the violence. I'm the violence prevention coordinator for public health, Madison and Dane County. Um, and I'm here with Anthony Cooper of Focus Interruption Coalition and Deputy Mayor Gloria Reyes. And we're here to present today around our community safety intervention team. Um, and to go along with that, we're also going to talk about some of the work we've been doing as well as planning for the future. Um, so I think it's, it's important that, unlike our last presentation, that we really focus on uh, not only the community safety intervention team, um, but next steps and what we're getting out of this group and the work that we've been doing um, in the community, but also the work we've been doing with other organizations um, as a result of coming together first for this uh, CSIT group. Um, so I wanted to start off by showing um, a couple of our data slides. Um, as you can see here, and, and on, it's easier to see on your uh, paper, that um, from 2014 to 2017, um, those purple dots indicate where a homicide occurred in Madison. Um, kind of spread out, but there are, if you notice, uh, there are some pockets. And from 2004 to 2017, we've seen a spike. We've seen it go down. But 2017, we ended up with 11 homicides. Um, and while it's increasing, um, it's important to note that considering our population size is still relatively small. Again, trying to show that um, despite what we're seeing, um, it's not higher than the rate of, in, within the United States or, or the state of Wisconsin. A similar slide um, with similar cities with similar populations, again. And, I, and we show these slides to, to not only show the data and show that, um, of course, Madison being, you know, that, that we do have issues here. Uh, we're, not, we're not shying away from that. But... We think that with this collaboration and with these uh, partners that have been coming together, that this is something that we can um, help to continue to lower and to get it out ahead of um, throughout Madison and Dane County. So with that, I'll hand it over to Gloria um, to talk a little bit about CSIP. Good evening, everyone. Um, so the, you probably know CSID as the rapid response team, uh, and yeah, <laughs> so we changed the name. Uh, the mayor wanted us to change the name um, based on rapid response Re really was more of a, a police terminology and um, really wanted to bring in um, the community into our work. So I'm just going to talk about the history of CSIT, uh, the rationale, mission, and purpose Talk about um, our community partners and um, our highlights um, and some outcomes and protocols. So in February 2017, the mayor's office created the rapid response team uh, to strategize how to respond to increase in violence. Uh, the mayor wanted to convene uh, a group of individuals and stakeholders uh, to respond to the increase in shots fired um, and the homicides. And we wanted to really focus on um, the issue quickly um, and um, provide some recommendations later on. So we met um, at, uh, one day a week, uh, weekly, 
with our stakeholders, and uh, recommendations were the following. Identify individuals and families who are at risk of future violence or those who have been involved in violence through boots-on-the-ground, multidisciplinary teams. Uh, funding request to support peer support violence interrupter program, which you will hear about, uh, that is the Focused Interruption Coalition. Um, and our mission and purpose, um, who we are as a group. Uh, we are an umbrella group of key organizational st stakeholders who care about community violence. Uh, and why do we exist? Uh, to share information and develop strategies uh, which will serve to mitigate and repair the harm or violence cause that ca causes in, in, in our community. What do we do? We attend biweekly meetings now. Um, so we have, uh, we don't meet weekly anymore. We are attending biweekly meetings and share information on how community violence uh, is impacting our organizations and our work. We then return to our organizations and work on the development and implementation of shared strategies to reduce community violence. So who do we serve? Uh, the organizations we uh, represent in the greater Madison community through this multidisciplinary um, collaboration. So here are our, our partners. Um, we have uh, Public Health, who has taken the lead on this um, and is really helping us convene uh, the meetings and bringing um, us together. We have Commonwealth at the table. We have Focus Interruption Coalition. Uh, UW Health uh, was a primary, uh, a huge component of this, um, and having them at the table is critical uh, in our work. Um, because the Focus Interruption Coalition does respond uh, to our hospitals shortly after a uh, homicide. Uh, we have Journey Mental Health. We have the Madison School District. Uh, we have Dane County, Madison Urban Ministries, uh, Nehemiah, uh, the City of Madison Police Department, uh, also a um, critical partner of ours, and we will talk about uh, their partnership uh, in a few minutes. This is yours. All right, well, um, my name is Anthony Cooper. I'm the executive director of the Focus Interruption Coalition. And so just wanted to kind of give you some more information about who we are and what we are also doing in the community in collaboration with all of the partners here um, that was just uh, mentioned. So our, our mission, we are focused on being frontline interrupters in violence and racial disparities in mass incarceration and injustices primarily in, 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 in excuse me, improvised communities. Our vision, FIC will serve as a bridge builder between, um, with grassroots leaders, communities, faith businesses, faith and businesses, uh, business government agencies, and broader community to implement violence prevention strategies. Um, now, I just want to say a little bit more to that as, as far as, because even for myself as, as someone that who, who was once incarcerated and, and really has changed their life around, so I'm able to have different, different types, myself and others that who are with us, able to have different conversations um, with people to at least get them to at least start thinking outside the box of what they can actually do with their lives. Um, so, excuse me. so Focus Interruption Coalition, we are all certified peer specialists with lived experience, trauma-informed care, strength-focused, recovery-orientated, and formal training. Our focus, um, I'm sorry, our partners, Public Health uh, of Madison, um, excuse me, Public Health, Madison, and Department, 
and, and department, Madison Police Department, UW Hospital and Clinics, Anesis Therapy, Urban League, um, and CSET, as well as Nehemiah. Um, our work, crisis response at UW Hospital to connect with victims and family members to uh, mitigate the effects of trauma, de-escalate, um, crisis response peer support program participation and, and uh, make sure that all the participants, all the people that who are part of our organization is, is voluntary. So most of the people that who, who work with us, they actually want to do something with their life. And so we help navigate that, that part as well. So we do intakes are done within 24 to 48 hours um, from the crisis. Uh, currently, we have 21 active um, participants, seven um, are actually um, people who we actually communicate from 2017. Um, our reentry peer support program um, partnerships with Special Investigation Unit, SIU, um, currently have seven active participants in that as well. Um, our work in 2018 uh, provided crisis response uh, to 29 total incidents. Four, um, four homicides, which is now five homicides, um, shootings, um, 11 um, shootings, injuries, um, nine gun, uh, 10 de-escalations, four um, preparatory, um, there's also three incidents, and then 10 individuals, uh, five are, are actually still program um, participants, and then also now we're um, starting to get a lot of different referrals from youth as well, from the youth um, court. Um, and um, just, you know, as we mentioned, there are a lot of partners involved in uh, the community safety intervention team. Um, but one that, one that we need to highlight because they, they are uh, kind of an integral part of a lot of the collaborations as well as a lot of the um, organizing and um, a big part of how we actually operate within our protocols and um, how everyone kind of uh, interacts around an a incident, of, a critical incident. Um, so we wanted to highlight the Madison Police Department um, who do a lot of uh, community outreach with our partners. They're always there to um, assist in any way they can, whether it's uh, just going to have conversations with us with other groups and talk about these collaborations to uh, they themselves reaching out now. Um, a big part of the work that I've done with uh, Lieutenant Patton from VCU is around our incident response protocols. So one thing we wanted to do with, with CSIT work is create um, these protocols that we can uh, later share with, with other cities and say this, this is the collaboration we're doing, this is how we work together around incidents um, and it's working for us. And oh, you know, we wanna show that, that, that we are working well together. Um, and Madison Police has had a big role in that, in helping us develop those, in helping to implement them, and making sure that they're efficient. Um, also, just co-facilitating our meetings sometimes and being a, a big part of updating um, the group on situations that have happened, um, providing as much information as they can so that our partners can go out and do the other work, whether that's human services, whether that's Madison School District, um, just giving them the tools to go out and, and help prevent further violence. Um, and, you know, influencing our future plans. Because they're such a big part in um, our collaboration now, they kind of had, 
they've helped us develop what we think this might look like in the future. Because, uh, you know, like Lieutenant Patton, with our protocols, was just very integral in in how this uh, protocol should to flow and how the information should be shared so that we're maximizing um, our effectiveness. So at the beginning of our um, response, you know, it was, it was pretty messy, right? I mean, I think that when you bring collaborative uh, groups together um, uh, and get everybody aligned, there was a lot of trust building that needed to be done. Um, we knew we were onto something good, uh, particularly when uh, we responded to the hospitals after homicide to diffuse situations. It was immediately apparent um, in working with security staff at the hospitals, uh, working with Focus Interruption Coalition and the Madison Police Department, that at the beginning we just couldn't quite get it right. Um, but as the summer went on, uh, we... Um, we spent a lot of time uh, putting a meeting and building that trust and developing those protocols. And we knew that in order to sustain the good work, um, it was that we needed to bring our, our stakeholders and partners together. So we spent a whole day together and we did a uh, community safety intervention uh, training. Um, we uh, put it all on paper, essentially, is what we wanted to do. Um, and uh, we described how each organization was impacted by violence. Um, asset, we talked about the assets and the barriers that impeded organizations' effectiveness in violence prevention. Uh, we also conducted some case studies of uh, incidents that we responded to, uh, what went right, what went wrong, what could we have improved, uh, the gaps in services, um, and... You know, we also talked about the successful community response to gun violence. Um, so our um, CSIC outcomes and protocols, um, our community-based sub uh, community subcommittee, the secondary group within CSIC. So what we found was we wanted to bring in community into it, but it was a difficult trying to share information, sensitive information, that police department couldn't share, MMSD couldn't share because of FERPA and other requirements, public health couldn't share. Um, so, but we wanted community to be involved in this. Uh, so we have, we developed two tiers um, of our response. And this is the critical piece for you alders because uh, what we also found um, was that alders were requesting after a homicide happened in their district was the support of our rapid response, our CSIT team. And um, uh, so we were trying to fill that role as well um, while uh, responding to a hospital and uh, attending to the needs of the victims and the families uh, who were impacted by uh, violence. Uh, so we developed this uh, secondary um, group of uh, individuals who will help support um, alders in communication um, and support um, in your district if an incident were to happen in your, in your district. Uh, so uh, the goals of this group are... are separate from the core CSIT group, like as I explained, but it is still part of the response following a critical incident. Uh, the formation of the incident response um, protocols that we have developed, and I'm not sure if we are going to share that, but here it is, right? We're going to yeah. talk about it. Um, yeah, so I can talk about that. Um, so, like, as I mentioned before, I, I, a, part, a, a pretty big part of this was um, making sure that we put a system in place that 
is is great for responding to incidents, but also is is a great tool that no matter who is in these roles going forward, so you know job turnover, people leave a position, they get, that position gets filled, that we have this guideline that you can jump into and understand your role within uh, this protocol in the event of a critical incident. Um, so when a critical incident occurs, um, this protocol is activated. Um, and we talk about these incidents on, on different levels. If it's a CSIT level, level incident, that means that there's been a homicide, there's possibility of retaliation, um, there's significant gang issues. Um, when, it, when it gets to that level, we know that we have to mobilize everyone that's involved in these protocols to help prevent further violence. Um, and that's why we, we felt it necessary to kind of outline this for, um, for everyone's sake, so that we understand our roles within the protocol, our responsibilities, and the timelines, which, which are crucial in these um, situations. Um, so this is just an example of, of a flowchart that we created around the protocols, um, just as a good visual that, that's part of our, of our overall um, document. Um, and as you can see, there's, there's from the critical incident all the way down to debriefing, which for us is important to realize where there are gaps, where we can improve on our uh, overall, um, our overall uh, um, reaction to, to these critical incidents. Um, and we, we wanted to build out these objectives that we can later go back and look at and, and um, change if need be and, and really try to make this as efficient and as, and as uh, effective as possible. Um, so, you know, objective one, coordinate an efficient emergency response um, to make to ensure that safety and security of not only those directed but those uh, in the community. Um, that everyone's safe. Um, objective two, uh, identify city and county departments, community organizations, service providers, and key residents. So really that's, that's our CSIC group, that's everyone that's involved in these protocols. Um, objective three, which is the hard part, was really making those lines of communication such that everyone is, is able to share the information in real time so that we're able to um, ensure that, we're, that we have safety as the number one priority. Um, and objective four, having ongoing evaluations. This isn't perfect, this, by no means, I feel like every meeting we realize that there are, there are things we should be doing better. And evaluating that and being able to be honest with ourselves about how we're reacting to things, um, how we're working together and where the gaps are, are is crucial because moving forward we want this to be a, an evolving document that we can make better. Brings us to the future. So, like we, we've talked about, you know, CSA, we've talked about FIC, we've talked about these community partners and our community based uh, group that is uh, starting to meet. We actually had our first meeting today um, and doing more of that grassroots work um, as, a, uh, as a secondary group to this response group. Um, but we want there to be more than that. The CSA group, if there's one thing CSA has shown us, is that it's not only great for responding to these incidents, but it's great for bringing people together. And I think that's the biggest value that we've taken away from this is we're bringing organizations and departments together to bridge those gaps that um, historically 
they haven't worked together. So that's where we're seeing a lot of the value. Um, and our next steps are this creation of a violence prevention coalition and really setting the groundwork for having um, not only people within CSIP, but all around the community, all around Dane County, um, community voices, residents, uh, everyone pushing towards the same goal of violence prevention and making our neighborhoods and communities safer. So with that, with, with the creation of my position, um, the public health approach to violence prevention um, goes along this spectrum. Um, obviously looking, before looking at the root causes, looking at the things that are leading up to some of our incidents of violence. The during is where our CSIT um, group falls into place there, responding to and helping prevent further violence. And then our long-term responses, which is that community-based um, portion where after we have an incident, how are we helping to heal that community? How are we um, addressing the trauma of the people in those neighborhoods? Because when there's an incident, we may get to that, that victim, that suspect, but there are neighbors, there are children, there are family members who are also affected. So within the public health approach, it's trying to address all those factors. And that's data-driven. That's looking at not only the areas in Madison that are mostly that are highly affected, but looking at um, the populations, looking at uh, the nature of the problem, as well as risk and resilience factors. Um, and with everything we're doing with this group, with public health, it's all collaborative. It's all about bringing people together. It's all about bringing organizations together with the common goal. Um, and that's across the spectrum. That's not just gun violence. Um, we're thinking about um, the spectrum of violence, uh, elder abuse, child abuse, sexual abuse, um, issues that are, that are really prevalent in a lot of our neighborhoods and our community that we want to be able to address. And um, as part of our framework, uh, it's bringing those partners together. So it's really building off um, CSIC coming together for one thing, but understanding that it has the ability to affect all these other things as well. Um, So I really like this picture. It talks about the root causes of violence. And as you can see, um, there's a lot of different things on there. And with, this, with the public health approach, as I said, we want to look not only at what's affecting our community now, but what are the things that are leading into those um, incidents of violence. And that's you know, uh, poverty, health issues, um, failures in education, things that, that we think by bringing community together, we're able to address those factors and making sure that people are, are coming to the table that are willing to put in the work to um, address some of these root causes. So finally, um, as I said, you know, there are some things that are already in place. The, the Community Safety Subcommittee, which, is, which came about because of community organizations within CSET wanted to have a community-based approach and a community-based uh, um, group that would look at, uh, look at the community after incidents of violence and what they can do to help. Um, we're already beginning the formation of our Violence Prevention Coalition, um, hoping to launch in the coming months, um, where we want to really uh, create a good structure of people 
and organizations that can uh, work towards this common goal. Um, sharing our incident response protocols. The document that, that we've uh, created around in, uh, incidents of violence, being able to share that with people around Madison, uh, different towns around uh, Dane County and Wisconsin, just to show that you know we are kind of helping to lead this charge in uh, community co collaboration around incidents. Um, but also ensuring that, that there's community input. One of, the, one of the biggest gaps that I've seen in doing this work for a long time is that I've, I've always felt like we, just, we need more people that are affected, more people that are dealing with this on a day-to-day -day basis to let us know what they need and what will work for them. So uh, one of our biggest goals moving forward and one of the biggest steps that we want to take is ensuring that those people have a voice and that it, they guide our work rather than us trying to guide what they need. So with that, I can open it up to questions. Talks about data-driven, collaborative, population-based, primary prevention. Is this that? Could you say more um, about the the framework that you were talking about? That's um, that's in already in place. That you you alluded to that those those frameworks are already in place. Well, and uh, I think I think it's important to note that. Um, that, they, that there are things that, that we understand as, as the public health approach that we are trying to implement and, and, and have in place more so. Um, for example, uh, our primary prevention efforts is trying to create this, um, this violence prevention coalition um, and trying to uh, address these issues of violence or these root causes of violence before they, before they become these critical incidents. Um, so, th while there is a, a framework in place, it's our. It's, right now, we're in the process of implementing those things through these collaborations, through these groups that we have, um, and through partnerships that, that we've created. We're trying to sort of lay that groundwork so that we can um, really have this public health approach to the violence prevention work. So, the the framework that you're referring to um, supports the. Um, uh, the community safety intervention team. It's a, it's supporting that framework. Yeah, now. definitely. Um, okay. And I guess uh, so. Uh, so yeah. yeah. So, so I mean, so I can I, seeing, I I can just talk about like the the community safety intervention team. We've already established that framework. Mm -hmm. That work is underway. Um, now, public health right now is moving through that, developing a long term those long term strategies. Um, from a public health lens on how to respond to violence. So the community safety intervention team, it's going to overlap um, the partners who are at the table and supporting um, our response and our collaboration will be part of this um, developing this um, public health approach to violence framework. Does that answer your question? Um, somewhat. I, I guess I'm just looking for some um, um, 
and I don't even want to call them deliverables. I just want to make sure that sure. how you're starting out is actually making an impact and getting to um, those places and spaces mm -hmm. to people who are actually in need. And so that's always what I'm looking at is, is that, you know, uh, we start up here, but how is it actually getting down and drilling down and helping those people that are in most need? And I know that at the, um, the community meeting that the mayor was at, he connected the reduce and he connected the reduction in violence and, and um, homicides directly with um, the operations of, of the community safety in, intervention team. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm not really sure I saw that correlation that wasn't supported, but I'd like for you to say more about that. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. The no, only thing I, I think I would want to just add to that as far as, I think one of the things is, because by us uh, especially using the public health framework is that we're looking, oh, I'm sorry, we're using the public health framework as far as just so we can go back to make sure that we're not constantly doing the same thing over and over again so we can reach and talk to those people or, or, or kind of do a deep dive into certain <laughs> communities and say, okay, hey, what is really going on here and how can we um, best assist you? And making sure we're making those, um, not only the commitment, but then also connecting the, um, the communities to the different services that are, um, that are already connected with CSET. I think I'll leave that. I mean, I think the, um, our response um, uh, right after an incident um, has in, uh, interrupted uh, future violence between groups. We have seen and known within this community that um, we've had re retaliatory shootings. Um, and by uh, responding to the hospital and maintaining and intervene um, between those who are involved, it really has helped um, moving a family from an area, uh, responding to the children who are impacted within, impacted within our school district, um, really be conscious and um, about the impact of that and how it could cause a um, retaliation incident. Um, we know that that has happened in our community. Uh, now, this is such a very new program, um, and we will be documenting uh, those incidents where uh, we intervened. A potential retaliation could have happened based on the information that we were getting from the police department or community uh, or those impacted uh, that we actually stopped an incident from happening. And there have been incidents um, this last summer where we knew that if we did not intervene uh, that there would have been something escalated. Um, and so, uh, so I think that there was a multiple um, uh, strategies that were used uh, to reduce the homicides. Um, the police department was essential in that. I mean, they did their own uh, response to those who were in our community who were, um, you know, had warrants or, um, you know, they did their part. But I think we can't rely just on a police response uh, to this. And we are moving into a new territory in this city on intervention. Um, but um, I think we will see in coming years that there has been a reduction uh, in um, future violence. So I don't have the statistics to show you, but we know that, um, you know. So if you go back to <clears throat> uh, protocol flow charts, 
What is the time lapse between the first responders and uh, the time they get to CSIT? Between the first responders and notifying CSIT? Yeah. So essentially what, 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 we came, what we came to the conclusion of is when this critical incident happens, we want you know, FIC, DA Crime Response, Madison Police, UW Health to do their job without necessarily um, worrying about that notification, right? But the expectation is that once once the safety is ensured, once um, wh whoever needs to get to the hospital is at the hospital, once there's a, a sense that that there's that the community is safe for now, then that notification goes to the CSIC coordinator, who right now is me. Um, and with that information, uh, I'm able to send it out. And right now, we do it via text and email to the rest of the CSIC core group. And with that information, um, we come back together. And if there are, if there is potential for retaliation, or we feel that it's a, it's a pretty high risk um, situation, we will come back together within 24 hours mm -hmm. to uh, strategize and to make sure that we are putting people in place to help prevent that violence. And that, and that even goes down to that secondary group where we will have um, more MMSD support, more human services support, um, and more community support around these things where we know that there are people already out there that we can sort of uh, rely on to, to help us in this, in this endeavor. So yeah, so, we, so there, there's, a, there's a more extended protocol where we kind of lay out like the expectations as far as when stuff should go out within a certain amount of time. Um, but if there, there also are situations where we have that incident of violence, we send the information out, and it comes back, you know, this, this was a really isolated thing. This mm -hmm. was something that doesn't require an activation of the protocol. And then we will meet, when, when we regularly meet, we debrief about that. We, we always use those things to learn from. So regardless of whether we activated CSIT, it's a learning process too. So we will learn from that situation and move forward. We have Sergeant Nadegal too can, can uh, speak. She's on the violent crimes unit. Hi, my name is Diane Nautical. I am a detective sergeant for Madison Police Department in the violent crime unit. And I can tell you when um, a critical incident does happen, such as a homicide, the, a, the phone call to not only FIC to get them to respond to the hospital, but to the CSIC coordinator happens very quickly, sometime within a matter of minutes um, once we learn of the shooting. So we want to get these people um, notified uh, and start that process very quickly. Um, their response to the hospital is, has been a key piece of this from the folks in Eruption Coalition, but then just to notify the CSIC coordinator um, to start that ball rolling, too. It happens very quickly. And this may be to CSIC. Do you have a protocol or a plan uh, within the city to get to these places fast enough? So, for example, if all of you are at the west side, Obviously, if something happened at the east side, it will take forever before you get there. Is there any strategy as to how you really get to these, these places around the city, if, if you recall? Answer that. As, as far as so for FIC, we actually only, we only have two responders actually go to the hospital. And, and so typically, so if there are, but we have, altogether we have seven responders. So um, I, myself and being one of them. And so if we have people that who are at the hospital or may have to be on the other side of town, once we are notified, then we make sure that we 
call other respondents to make sure they can get to that other side of town. Um, and so, yeah, so that's pretty much how that works. And if we need to call on CSET as well, we'll make sure that we make that phone call as well. So, thank you. Can we? Thank you. Um, I just wanted, from my day job, had to just really make sure that everybody on the on the council is really aware of the amount of work and protocol that were developed to work with FIC at UW Health, and that it's been really a very, I think, incredibly great partnership and way to work with um, hospital security and um, law enforcement who respond often to the hospital, um, and and really. Anthony and, and Fig have, have been just incredible and have also done a huge amount of work in educating um, staff on um, the, the really the, the life circumstances situation. So it's really been, I think, a, a great partnership that way. And, um, you know, I, I have to say that having um, Anthony be present when this incident happened have really de-escalated things at a incredible level. So I just want to say thank you for, it's taken time, like any relationship, but I think it's at a place where everybody feels so very comfortable working in collaboration. So thank you. Thank you so much. I just want to throw in one piece of data that's not in the slide presentation. So think over 30 months. In the 15 months leading up to August 1st of last year, 15 months leading up to August 1st of last year, there were 14 homicides involving young African Americans. That was in the first 15, the 15 months going up to August 1st. Their planning group met from January 1st of that year and implemented August 1st. Since August 1st of 2017, through Saturday's tragic homicide, we've had three murders, homicides involving young African Americans. So in comparable periods of time, we've dropped from 14 to three. And I don't think there's much question that the work they've done as they've described here has played a very profound role in, in that piece of data which is one city, one time period, but I, I, I think that that significant reduction is more than a coincidence. Sherry, I think you, Sherry. Yeah, I have two questions. One is, so when you get the call, are you going to the location of the incident or are you deployed to the hospital? So, I mean, I'll just, um, I'll have Fick answer that question. But um, initially, um, uh, Fick and members of the CSIT team responded uh, mostly to the hospital. And, um, and so now, uh, or um, if I remember when the shooting happened at um, Darbo, um, we had uh, Fick members out at Darbo as well. Depending on where the needs of the community is, is where uh, we will respond. Uh, the CSIT team will uh, convene, depending on the needs of the incident and those um, impacted, we will meet um, somewhere in an office to talk about strategy on how to respond um, to the community, whether it, it be that night or the following day. And my, oh, go ahead. 
No, no, actually, um, Gloria said it very well. Because a lot of times, sometimes we do go actually to the scene to actually de-escalate a situation. Uh, it may be family members that want to see if this is their loved one or anything of that nature. So, um, and this is even way before they even get a chance to go to the hospital. And then we actually, um, once we, we do that, and then we follow them to the hospital to make sure that things are going smoothly at the hospital as well. If there are any questions or anything uh, of that nature, we're able to talk to the, the lead staff and then also and, and, and kind of help with that communication between the family and lead staff. And the second question is, you had a slide that showed your partners, mm -hmm. and are, are those partners the ones that you have MOU agreements with? And I know you also have partners where you work with, but you don't necessarily have an MOU with them. So which one is which? As far oh, as, far right. as FIC has an as MOU? As far as FIC or yeah. CSIT. Um, as far as we don't necessarily have an MOU with um, the uh, Madison Police Department um, for a, a, a wide range of different reasons. Um, I just think that at your last presentation you had a list of, of uh, organizations that you collaborated with, right. have um, an informal just, agreement with, and then you had a list... <laughs> Of the ones that required an MOU, right? So, so Anisa's uh, Anisa's Family Therapy, um, UW, and there's still some things that we're kind of um, working on with a part of that MOU, um, and uh, Nehemiah, of course, and uh, as well as uh, uh, Madison Urban Ministry. Okay, uh, Marshall. Thank you. You know, I. I, I'm so glad for all the really good work you do, and it's clear there's a record of success. But when you were going, when one of you was going through the incident response protocols and talked about contacting alders, it made me realize that not every kind of incident, critical incident triggers your work, because I was thinking of the one in my district in late September that was a murder-suicide. But I'm wondering, maybe I just don't know if you went there and worked with those children whose parents or mom was killed. I mean, I think it's going, it's going to depend. I mean, I think we, um, when we were seeing those shots fired on the south side um, last summer, uh, the alder, uh, Sherry Carter, actually requested us to um, attend several meetings um, in her neighborhood. So although it wasn't a homicide and it wasn't technically identified as a critical incident, there was a trend and there was a pattern of shots fired um, in the south side where they were shooting, they were hitting homes, um, you know, those uh, in their homes were being impacted, and Sherry Carter did uh, invite us to come in. So it really is going to depend uh, on the needs of where the alder um, will need us to respond. I thought I heard them say they were going to start doing outreach, so maybe I misunderstood. And I guess what my underlying question really is about is about domestic violence, because we know how prevalent that is. And it seems to me, and this work is really good, I'm not trying to be, like, naysaying, but... These type of critical incidents seem to me where the, there's a possibility of retaliation and you're trying to interrupt that. And I think the council is on record of supporting that strategy. But I'm just curious, like even your violence roots didn't have sexism as one of the roots. Like I think that's a fundamental issue of violence is like the, the gender disparities in our country. So I just wanted to point that out to you that I don't know that you can do everything and I'm not saying you should, but... That was just what came to me in your presentation. Thank you. 
Yeah, I just wanted to let you know that we did, um, the Madison Police Department, we actually did call the Focus Interruption Coalition for that specific case, and they did respond. Um, we did re recognize that it most likely was a domestic issue at the point, but then there were other underlying issues, yes, that, that the Focus Interruption Coalition was willing to help out with. So whenever we have a, a critical incident, no matter what it is, we always notify the Focus Interruption Coalition. So then they in a, um, institute their protocol if it's something that they will come out on or not. But we notify them about everything. And I, I, just want, I just want to answer like, the second part of your question. Um, one of the things that, that we realize is that this, this CSIP protocol is a tool for responding to critical incidents. And looking at it as such, um, that's why we wanted to create this other um, group to address a lot of those underlying issues, sexual violence, um, elder abuse, child abuse, the, you know, the spectrum. Uh, yeah, the root causes... I think it's a good visual, just that, and that's the reason I used it. But I understand that we do have a full, like a whole spectrum of violence that needs to be addressed, and we need to address trauma in our communities as well. And that's why we want to create and bring together these larger, uh, this larger coalition, this larger um, group with more reach for those specific kinds of uh, situations. So. Any other questions? I'm sorry? Yes, it looks like it. Yeah. Yeah, just in time. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thank, thank you, you very so much. much. Thank you. It just kind of threw me off. So. <laughs>